Welcome to Great Hills Baptist Church. I'm so excited. I just feel like praying. Can we pray some more uh, together? Let's do that. I know so many of us or you have been struggling. Many folks like uh, Jeff and Lori, God bless y'all. I know y'all been battling that crazy. Can I just tell y'all something? There is no coronavirus in heaven, okay? Just thought I'd just let you know that. And there's no cancer. There's no depression. There's no discouragement. There's no racism. But in the meantime, we, we got to battle through these things. And the best way that I know how to do battle is on my knees, is praying to God. I'm telling you, God is doing a work in our church. Uh, those of you that are able to make it, uh, hundreds of you make it online, I understand, on Tuesday night. But I tell you, it is the fastest hour of my week from 7 to 8. Well, we may go to 8.15, who knows, maybe 8.30. We're just praying. It's not fancy. It's not... Um, it's not attractive in the sense of, you know, what am I going to get out of it kind of, but man, it's on our knees before God. And we're just praying, hardcore intercessory, praying to God to touch our nation, uh, touch our church, that God would save people at Great Hills Baptist Church. We'd see people baptized. We'd see people make commitments. We'd see marriages healed. We'll see some Teenager, listen, don't kill your teenagers, all right? Please don't kill them. Let, them. let them grow up. Let them make their mistakes. Love on them. Be there for them. Man, I just want to pray. Can y'all pray with me? Anybody want to pray? Anybody open to come into the altar to pray? Just spend some time with the Lord in prayer. You can social distance if you want to. Come on, dear. Come on up, on up here with me. I don't want to be alone. This is my sweet wife, my hot mama wife right here whom I love. She said, don't say that. But I'm, that's true, Mama. Oh, it's true. Hey, we even match. Isn't that cool? Kind of. Amen, kind of. Mm. Lord, we love you, and we're just praying mm. in Jesus' name for the mm. power of God to fall upon this place. Mm. Father, we need you. Our city needs you. Our nation needs you. Uh, our leaders, God, need you. Mm. And so we're praying in the name of Jesus, Lord, for you to shake uh, that you would shake the foundations of this earth. God, you would move in power once again. Now, Lord, what I'm about to preach about, Lord, may it not be some distant, oh yeah, that was great back then occurrence, or may it happen today. Lord, may lives be changed. May Satan be cast out. May marriages, God, be touched and healed. And may the church of Jesus Christ be triumphant and strong. Lord God, we need you. Holy Spirit of God, we're praying that you would fall upon us, fall upon this place, and that, God, you would give us anointing and power as we preach the Word of God. Lord, whoever preaches today, may they preach with the anointing of God as if it was the very last sermon uh, that they would ever preach. Could be, Lord, could be my last sermon ever. And if it is, help me preach with boldness, God, with power and anointing that lives would be... Mm, Lord, God, would you save people today? Lord, I'm, I'm just... I'm just uh, pleading with you that these nearly 2,000 people watching us online today, would you save some of them today? And Lord, the people that are in this room, God, would we just fall upon our faces, God? We would long for the power and the glory of God at Great Hills Baptist Church. We'd quit going through the motions, Lord, of just church and worry and fear and all of our conversation about COVID. Oh, God, I'm praying our conversation would focus on Christ. Christ alone, the cornerstone, that you're victorious. You've never lost a battle. Praise God, you're not going to start now. So, Lord, forgive us of our defeatism. Forgive us of our negativity. Forgive us, oh God, of our complaining and our whining and our pride, God. I wonder, 
I wonder if, Lord, there's some people here today that you would love to bless them, but you will not because of their pride. They won't humble themselves, won't submit to you and to others. Lord, would you remove that? Would you just cause them to fall before you in brokenness? Lord, we're just, we're just praying. I, I just love this time. I love this time on Tuesday nights. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers that I'm hearing some amazing stories happening in this nation. God, in Houston, there is revival breaking out. Pastor Nathan, and thank you that it was birthed in prayer. Thank you for my brother Todd up in Longview, Texas. Thank you for brother Robbie out in Long Hollow in Tennessee. Thank you, God, that these little prayer movements are being birthed. Lord, would you do that at Great Hills? Come on, church, would y'all pray that with me? Let, me? let me ask you to pray right now, right where you are. Pray that the fire of God would fall upon Great Hills Baptist Church. We are hungry for more of you. Oh, Lord, we're thirsty. Lord, we're thirsty. God, we're thirsty for more of you. God, we are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And God, you tell us if we do that, we will be satisfied. We will be filled. So we're praying now, God, for the fire of God to fall upon us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you guys for praying at the altar. Thank you, dear. You got it? Good. All right, our text today is Acts chapter 13. I would encourage you to buckle up if you would. Uh, this could be a, a fast and furious ride with hairpin turns, and uh, it's going to be fun, though. I'm inviting you to open your word, the word of God, with me today in your tablet, on your phone. Hey, hey you people out there, God bless y'all. So glad to see you online. I know many of our Great Hills Baptist Church people are worshiping online because I know uh, there's a concern. I know many people are concerned. And so thank you for worshiping with us. Many of you uh, are not ne necessarily members at Great Hills, but you consider us your church home. And we are delighted uh, to have you join in with us from Orlando, from Alabama, and New York, and so many other places in between. God bless you. We welcome you in. In fact, why don't you just communicate with us for just a moment online? Give us an emoji, okay? Give us, a, how are you feeling? Give me a fist pump. Give me a sad face. Give me a happy 100%. Whatever your emoji you're feeling right now, why don't you, why don't you shout that out on, online, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on the YouTube, however you want to do that. So we're, we're talking about today a triumphant church, not a weak church. Uh, not a proud church, a debilitated, fledgling church. We're talking about an amazing, triumphant, powerful people of God. Acts chapter 13, 1 through 12. We're going to read it. And as I read it, I'm praying that you would just ask God to take those same principles that are embedded in Holy Scripture and say, God, would you breathe life into us so that we could experience, God, just a taste, a touch of what they were experiencing in the church on the move, the early church there uh, in Jerusalem as it spread 300 miles north to Antioch of Syria. Oh my goodness, this church is absolutely phenomenal. Let's read about it and let's just pray, pray, pray and ask God to do in us everything he desires to do. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, 
Mm, Mr. Son of Encouragement. Simeon, who was also called Niger. And Lucius of Serene, that would be northern Africa. We are thirsty. Can you all move that screen up there for me, please? Okay. Man, I got to go old school. Here we go. I'm glad I marked it. You never know. Technology's wonderful is when it's working. All right, where did I stop? Verse 2. All right. Oh, and as they ministered, liturgio, as they liturgy to the Lord, and they fasted. Mm. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed. Y'all say that with me today? Fasted and prayed. When's the last time you fasted and prayed? You say, we Baptists, we don't believe in neither one of those. We just are ornery people. Come on now. Fast, miss a meal or two, and pray. Fasting and praying. Maybe we would see the power of God fall more if we fasted and prayed and sought the Lord more. Just thinking, just thinking out loud. And they laid hands on them and they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. That's the port city of Antioch of Syria. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus, about 100 miles due west. And when they arrived in Salamis, Salamis is the port city. On the far eastern side, I'll show it to you in just a moment. Cyprus, Salamis, port city, leading commercial city there in the whole country. When they arrived there, they preached the word of God, kata angelo. They proclaimed the gospel in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now you're taking notes, write the word John Mark. This is not the apostle John, this is John Mark who wrote the gospel of Mark, who would later depart from this missionary team, who would later travel with Peter and record the preachings of Peter, which would become the gospel of Mark. And now when they had gone through the island of pa to Paphos, Paphos was the city on the far western side of Cyprus. More about that in a moment. They found a certain sorcerer, okay, a magos, a magician, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus. Man, I like that name, Sergius Paul. Doesn't that sound dignified and royal? He was the proconsul of all of Cyprus. He was the Roman, basically he was the equivalent of the governor of the land. He was an intelligent man. And this man called for Barnabas and Saul, and he wanted to hear the word of God. Isn't that awesome? This guy had heard the preaching, and he said, listen, I want to hear them for myself. But... Elemis, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood, opposed Paul and Barnabas, seeking to turn, diastrepho means to twist or turn away the proconsul away from the faith. Then Paul, then excuse me, Saul, who is also called Paul, uh, means diminutive. It, it means probably Paul was about my size. I may have even had an inch or two on Paul. I'm serious. I wore my boots today. I'm about 5'8 today. I got my boots on. Amen. And Paul was small, smaller man. Ooh, don't mistake his meekness for weakness. Watch what he does. And Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit 
And he looked directly at him and he said, Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all of righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him and he went around seeking somebody to heal, to lead him by the hand. Now, let's go back. What happens to the proconsul? After the devil has been dealt with, he believed. When he saw what had been done, <laughs> look, he, saw, he saw his little buddy Elamis get pronounced with blindness. And when he saw that, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Wow, what a passage of Scripture. Last time we looked at some of the key characteristics of this church, how they had great preachers and teachers, great doctrine, how they fasted and prayed and they worshiped God, how the Lord sent them out on mission and they were very generous in that they gave their very best. Well, today we're going to walk through verses 5 through 12 and we're going to look at these things. We're going to look at the preaching of the apostles. We're going to look at the preaching of the men of God. And then we're going to look at some problems. Have you ever noticed that when God is at work, somebody else is too? Can I say that again? Have you ever noticed that when God is at work, somebody else is too as well? That whenever the word of God is being preached and people are hearing and listening, there's a whole domain of darkness being stirred up. There's all kinds of distractions. There's all kinds of craziness going on wherever and whenever God's word is preached. But how do you counter that? You persevere. You don't stop. You can't quit. And then eventually it will end into a powerful victory. Last time I introduced to you a couple, and I want to introduce a little bit more of them to you today. They're some of my favorite people in the history of the church. That would be uh, Adoniram, Adonai, whose name means Lord, and Anne Hazeltine. Adoniram Judson and Anne Hazeltine were 19th century missionaries who left the comforts of America to travel to a savage land, a land uh, very dark spiritually, a land of Burma. Today it's called Myanmar. Adnan Judson sent a, a letter to Anne's father, and this is what he did. He proposed to marry his daughter, and this was the letter that he sent him. I have now to ask whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring to see her no more in this world whether you can consent to her departure to a heathen land and, be, and her subjection to the hardships and sufferings of a missionary, whether you can consent to her exposure to the danger of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of want and desires, to degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death, sir, I'm asking you for your daughter's hand in marriage. Can you consent to all of this? For the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for you and died for her. For the sake of perishing immortal souls, for the sake of Zion and the glory of God, I'm asking you, sir, Mr. Hazeltine, would you give me your daughter's hand in marriage? And then he writes to Anne. I think it was January the 1st. It was 1811. I love the first part of this letter. It just so beautifully captures. Guys, I hope y'all use this. Some of you single guys here today, and you're thinking about proposing, man, use this first line. May this be the year. 
in which you change your last name. Isn't that sweet? Ooh, I like that. May this be the year that you change your last name, in which you take your final leave of your relatives and your native land, in which you will cross the wide ocean and dwell on the other side of the world among a heathen people. I'm asking you, Anne Hazeltine, would you be my wife? And she said, and her father-in-law said, her father said, yes. And in 1812, they were married. More about that couple in just a moment, but I can't help but think that Paul and Barnabas and, and John Mark had that same sense of excitement and trepidation as they prepared and prayed and fasted and made their, said their final goodbyes as they went off west into Cyprus, into a land that was very hostile. It was a land full of immorality and temple prostitution. They had this huge festival in Paphos every year for three days. It was basically, probably shouldn't say that word, so I won't say that word. It's, it's too gross really to say, but they did things with temple prostitutes for three days, openly. And God says, I want you to go there and I want you to preach the liberating gospel of Jesus Christ. So the first thing I want to submit to you today, Great Hills Baptist Church, if we are going to be a triumphant church, we must place a priority on the kata angelo. You say, talk to me, brother. What does that mean? It means to preach the word of God. That is the first thing Paul did when he came out of Antioch of Syria, Salamis, and he, he sailed westerly all the way into that port city. And there he was from Seleucia to Salamis. He gets off the boat and the, that diminutive small man of God started to preach the word of God. Can you imagine? Angelos is the root word for katangelo. It's where we get our word angel. An angel at the root of it is like Gabriel, I give you a message. He is a, he is a messenger and declares the good news of the gospel. He goes, as you notice with me in verse 5, to a synagogue in Salamis. That was Paul's modus operandi. That's how he would work. He would go into the synagogue. I studied under Gamaliel. I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees, so I've got my papers. Would y'all let me preach? Oh, man, preach, Paul. Come on, Saul. You come all the way from Jerusalem and Antioch? Oh, wow, come. And so he gets up. They didn't know who they were turning their pulpit over to. This guy gets up and he starts preaching from the Old Testament. Next thing you know, he's preaching Jesus the Christ, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, and he lived a perfect life and he died a substitutionary death. And he was buried, but the grave could not hold him. Y'all listening to me, people of Cyprus? I'm telling you, the grave could not hold the Son of God. He came up. He's alive. And if you believe in him and repent of your sins, you'll be born again. You'll go to heaven when you die. He preached the gospel of Jesus to the people. That's what he did. He just goes, I mean, he just goes off on them, goes ballistic on them, preaching the word of God. At the time, Luke says, John Mark was with him. He's Barnabas' cousin. Barnabas is from Cyprus, and so they, and they're going preaching the word. Then at verse 6, it says, they go throughout the island. I want to show you this on our map. He came to Salamis, and then he travels due west all the way across to the other side. I hope we have it up here. Do we have it, guys? 
Oh, we do. Oh, goodness, there it is. Thank you, Corey. This looks so good. Do you see Syria to the far east side? That's uh, Syria. That's Antioch. That's where they came from. They traveled due west to Salamis, which was the port city, the commercial city of Cyprus, the island country in the Mediterranean. Think Hawaii, think of Bahamas. Think That's what they were thinking back then. This is a resort place. This is a place where you go and, uh, it's, it, well, it's just, yeah. What, stay, what happens in Cyprus stays in Cyprus. Are y'all with me? That, that's the kind of reputation that it had. He comes in preaching the gospel, and when he's through, they go through the island. Y'all see how long that island is? They go from the east coast all the way to the west coast to Paphos, the capital. That's where Sergius Paulus lives. That's Austin, Texas. That's the capital of the great state of Texas. This is where it's happening, people. It's happening in Salamis, and then you come on over to Paphos because that's where the people are. And so they make their journey, the band of three, on the missionary journey. This is the second missionary journey, excuse me, the first missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. And they come into a problem. There's always problems, right? Epaphrodite is the goddess of love, the goddess of beauty. And for three days, every year, they would just mark it on their calendar. It was the highlight of their lives. People would come from all the surrounding cities of Cyprus. Watch this. They would come from all the surrounding countries. It's kind of like Austin city limits on steroids. I mean, the people would just come from all over the place uh, for pleasure, for entertainment. And that's exactly where Paul dives in. And he, he comes to bring the good news of the gospel. And the problem comes in verse 6. Luke tells the reader that the missionary team will face an obstacle, a problematic person by the name of Bar-Jesus, which ironically enough means son of salvation. Luke describes him as a magos, M-A-G-O-S. He is a sorcerer. He is a magician. He's filled with the devil. He's totally unlike Matthew chapter 2, the magi, the magi, when they came from Persia. These were men of astronomy, men of mathematics, men of architecture, men of uh, skill and agriculture, but not this guy. This guy's very skilled, but he's skilled in the demonic realm. Uh, he has this, uh, this clairvoyance, this ability to be possessed of the evil one, and he's very open to that, as, as a lot of people are today. They, they're so destitute of God, they'll take a substitute, and they are, they're like, yes, give me this power. And so he reminds me so much of Simon in Acts chapter 8, where Peter deals with him. And now Paul's going to have to deal with this guy. One writer says, he is a deceiver who put his knowledge to evil use. Verse 7, Elimus has a close association with the leader of the nation, Sergius Paulus. He's the governor of the island country. He called for the missionaries and asked, would you please meet with me? I think in verse 7, Sergius Paulus is very interested in the gospel. Just like people today, they are very intrigued and interested uh, in the gospel. And whenever that happens, I see it happen all the time. There's an interest, and then there's an invasion of darkness to try to obliterate the interest uh, in the gospel. And, of course, this person, Elimus, uh, Bar-Jesus, this guy comes to uh, prohibit the preaching of the Word of God. But can I just tell you something? 
If you're faithful and you're determined to live for Christ, to preach the gospel, nothing can withstand you. Nothing can prevent you. I got an email this week, and man, I don't know what it was the last couple of weeks. What is happening? I'm getting all these emails of encouragement. And I'm like, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all know I'm a words of affirmation person. And one one negative email, it sets me back, and I wish it wouldn't, but it sets me back for like a couple of weeks, really. You got, Pastor, you got to grow up. You got to get over that. I know. I, I agree with you. But I got an email from Dorman and Eloise Smith, Shonda Martin's parents. They've never been to Great Hills Baptist Church, but they are members of Great Hills Baptist Church. You say, well, how did that happen? Well, they started attending in Salado to the north, and uh, they went to the new members class online, and now they're members of Great Hills Baptist Church, and they've moved to Round Rock, Texas, and this is what the letter said to me. We love our church. It's so good to be in a church where the Word of God is preached. We can't wait until COVID-19 is gone, and we come to church, and we're excited about it. Some of y'all are looking at me like, well, whoop that's pretty creative, Brother Dan. That's kind of that's pushing the envelope now. I bet you these are some Gen Xers, some young millennials who are kind of learning the ropes and coming on in as, the, as new members. Look, listen to the last part of the letter. We have another praise. Thursday is our wedding anniversary. We have been married for 60, <laughs> 60 wonderful years. Congratulations. I know y'all are listening. Congratulations. God bless you. Thank you for preaching the Word of God. Paul, thank you for preaching. Sergius Paulus is hungry. He wants to hear, but Elimus, the sorcerer, comes. And it says here in verse 8 that he withstood the missionary team. It means to impose, and it's in the imperfect tense. If you're taking notes and you want to preach this sometime, it means he kept on opposing them. He would not stop in his opposition. you got to remember, church, he's being controlled by another substance. <laughs> he is being controlled by this demonic influence in his life, and he's going to try everything in his power so that the Word of God does not reach his friend, Sergius Paulus. Look, if that guy listens to this news, he may come out of my control. He may leave my influence and he may go to the influence of somebody else. And so he's going to do everything he can to twist, to turn, to manipulate so that he doesn't hear the gospel. And I'm telling you, the apostle Paul has had enough. And he turns to him and he looks at him and he look. the Bible says in verse 9, Atenius, Atenesis. I can't pronounce it, but it's a good Greek word, and it means to look intently. Paul looks at him intently, and he speaks to him. And I'm so glad he did. Look, there comes a time when you and I have to speak up, when, when the domain of darkness is just unmitigated and unbridled, you're a child of God. I'm a child of God. Somebody needs to stand up. Somebody needs to speak truth and logic and reason into the darkness. And so Paul is going to give you and me a wonderful example on how to do this. And so this is why I call this part perseverance. 
Man, they just kept persevering. They wouldn't stop. Thank you, God. And he says to him, oh, you full of all... <laughs> the Greek word there is dolos, D-O-L-O-S, onomatopoeia. It sounds bad. It is bad, right? Dolos. You, he says, you are a snare and a fraud. And then he calls him, he says, you, you son of the devil. Woo, come on. Paul is upset. He has this righteous indignation and he is confronting this guy. And he says, you are wicked, unscrupulous, and reckless. You're an enemy of all righteousness. And he challenges him. Look, you challenge people like that when they're trying to stop the preaching of the word of God. You come against that in the name of Jesus Christ. You can say it, you, you can say it kindly. You can say it robustly. You can say, look, that is enough. And you need to desist and cease. And Paul does. And Paul says, and, and by the way, you're going to be blind. You're going to have a temporary blindness cast over you because of what you have been trying to do. Now, he does. And I just got to add, whenever you attempt great things for God, you can expect great things from God and you can anticipate strong resistance from the Satan and the forces of hell. Some of you are listening to me and you're like, I don't get it. I have no idea what you're talking about. When's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? No, really. When's the last time you got in prayer to God so boldly and just so, I mean, fervently for your lost neighbor? When's the last time you even invited somebody to a Bible study, a small group, a discipleship? Well, no wonder you haven't faced the devil. You're walking with him. It's when you walk against him, it's when you meet him. And when you meet him, there is a fight. And there is a battle, and you and I, we win that battle on our knees before God, and we hear the Word of God, we pray to God, we trust God. Sometimes we fast, and we say, Lord, we're in a battle for the souls of men and women. So Paul comes out, and he doesn't stop. He perseveres, and I love, this is my favorite part of it, when he will not back down. He, there's a problem, and he has to deal with the problem. So Adoniram and Ann Judson, they faced some incredible hardships. Seven years he preached before he found his first convert. Man, I thought that was only for people like William Carey. William Carey's associate baptized this couple. And now they are following in the footsteps of Carey in India. They, they are preaching, sharing seven years. And the first convert came. April 4th, 1819. In June, he baptized the person, and in 1822, after 10 years of preaching and teaching and serving God, they had 18 Burmese Christians after 10 years of serving. Wow. 1824, Adoniram was arrested by the Burmese authorities. He was accused of being a British spy, and for 21 months... He was placed in a, in a room 40 by 30, five feet tall, with 100 men and women, with no bathroom. So their refuse would be on the ground. Every night, the authorities would come in and they would string them up by their legs. They would put a bamboo 
stick between their legs, pull them up with a pulley, and they would be hanging upside down with their shoulders on the ground for 21 months. And during this time has their firstborn child. And he's totally separated from her. And I remember uh, reading this and I remember actually seeing a scene of this where she would come to the place and she would try to bring food and she would try everything she could to help her husband who was emaciated, who was deteriorating. And only thing he did, only crime he had was preaching the word of God and the enemy came against him, accused him of being a spy and they incarcerated him. When they let him out, he found his wife and his daughter and they were gravely ill and Ann died. She died. <laughs> Six months later, Maria died. <laughs> My God, I thought you called me to Burma. And I've been preaching 10 years. We got 18 people, Lord. We got 18 people. Now my wife's dead. And my baby is dead. And literally it says, Adoniram Judson said these words, God to me is the great unknown. I believe in him, but I sure cannot find him. Anybody feel like that? You believe God, but you can't find God. There was a time you were close to God, but not right now. He has disappointed you. In your mind, he has let you down and you're mad. You're angry. Well, welcome to the life of a missionary. <laughs> That's how Adnan Judson felt. A couple years later, and a couple years later, he came through it. And he said these words, There is a love that never fails. It's the love of God through Christ. So we kept pressing on. Philip Hughes has this quote, and I shared this with our staff. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I just couldn't wait to share it. Can I share it with you all today? There's a cost to sincere service for Jesus. Never share your faith, and you will never look like a fool. Never stand for righteousness on a social issue. You will never be rejected. Never reach out to the needy and you will never be taken advantage of. Never give your heart and it never will be broken. Never go to Cyprus and you will never be subjected to a dizzy, heart-convulsing confrontation with Satan. Seriously follow Christ and you will experience a gamut of sorrows almost completely unknown to the unbeliever. But of course... You will know the joy of adventure with the Lord of the universe and of spiritual victory as you live a life of allegiance to Him. Some of you here today, end of quote, thank you, Philip Hughes, wonderful commentary on the book of Acts. Some of you are listening today and you're watching online. Maybe you're here, present at 10,500 Jollyville, and there's a sense of this, and I feel this in my spirit right now. I'm gonna say this. I sense in my spirit this huge battle. There is a battle raging for your soul. You already belong to Christ, but you, you are, you're, you're in this no man's land. You've got one foot in the world and you've got one foot in the church world. And, and there's, this, there's this dizziness. And there's this, you know, I, I wish you'd just go to one or the other. You come on out and step in with, in Jesus' world or you just go completely in, in, in darkness because as you stand in the middle, it's really confusing. <laughs> okay? It's really confusing. 
And some, some of you are watching this today and you're listening and I'm praying for you that here's what you do. You just surrender. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. No, you don't. We're lying. <laughs> you know. Do we really? Surrender all to Jesus. Look, I think, now I may be wrong, and that happens a lot, but I think unless there's a humility and a surrendering completely to Christ, then Great Hills will continue to get what we get. Very few salvations, very few baptisms, very little revival. We'll continue to get what we get. But oh, what if we surrendered to Christ? What if we quit compromising with the world? What if we really prayed and and what if we really took a stand? And what if we really began to verbalize our faith? And I just say, Great Hills Baptist Church, look out. There will be a revival. There will be a movement of God like you've never, ever seen. And I don't know about y'all, but I mean, it's been 10 years and I haven't seen it. And I want it. I want it desperate. I want the Spirit of God to move upon this place. They tell me last week, there were two, about 2,000 people at Great Hills Baptist Church. Did y'all know that? You said, no, liar, liar, pants on fire. I mean, we didn't have that many people. We had 400 people here and conservatively another 1,000 to 1,500 people watching online who watched a minimum of 30 minutes. So that's not... Facebook, where it flashes in, you look at it, then you go on to it. No, that's, and I'm glad. I'm so glad you're watching. Praise God, but I want the fire of God to fall here. I want God to move here, right here in this place. I'm telling you, I'm desperate for God. I'm desperate to see God Almighty come down and send revival so that we really pray. I mean, we get on our faces before God. Well, sorry, Pastor, I'm busy on Tuesday nights. I can't do it. I'm, I'm over here. I understand. We're all busy, all right? But if you can, spare a moment where you are. Look, God's power showing up on Sunday, I believe, is commensurate with God's people praying during the week. If we're not praying during the week and we're not inviting people to church, then we're going to get what we've been getting for years and years since I've been your beloved pastor. That's very little, very little fruit, very little, I mean, altar filled with people being saved and baptized. And I mean, the church growing, the new members classes instead of going, well, you know, is that necessary? Yes, come. And wouldn't it be awesome? And it'd be so awesome. And I've seen it. I've tasted it. That's my problem. I've tasted it and I've seen it before. And I'm so desperate for God to do it again. So you don't have to beg people to do anything. They just come and they give their lives to Christ. And they want it. They run to the baptistry and they run to serve Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, when that happens, the, the presence of God is on the church. And I want that. I'm hungry for it. And I prayed the other night, God, take my life, take my ministry. Move me from Great Hills Baptist Church if I'm the impediment. If I'm the impediment, God, take me, move me somewhere else so that somebody else comes in here and, and 
galvanizes and mobilizes the people to pray like I can't. The Spirit of God come and fall in a way that I can't, I can't, I can't do it. But I want the Spirit of God to fall. I am desperate for Jesus. I, somebody are looking at me, you're like, please quit preaching the book of Acts. You're going to kill us. It may kill me. I got some good news and here it comes. Here comes the victory. Verse 12, then the proconsul believed. But church, it wasn't until there was fighting in the spiritual realm. He saw, when he saw what happened, he believed he was astonished at the preaching of the word of God. Wow. When's the last time you've been astonished by the preaching of the word of God? Again, I believe there's a commensurate direct correlation between your prayer life during the week and your response on Sunday to the preaching of the Word of God. I do. When you're praying and reading your Bible, look, if I ask you to raise your hand, everybody at Great Hills Baptist Church, raise your hand if you read the Word of God every day this week, you would be absolutely amazed. Only a handful. Only a few. How many of you spent time with the Lord in prayer every day, praying for the souls of Austin, Texas, praying for your pastor, knowing that he's going to get up and be an anomaly. He's already strange, but he's going to get up and preach the Bible. Man, that guy needs you. Pray and seek in the face of God. God, move upon Great Hills Baptist Church. Sergius Paulus was astonished at the teaching of the Word of God. What happened to good old Adoniram Judson? When he died in 1850, 7,000 people were saved and baptized. When he died, there were 63 churches and 163 missionaries and native pastors. The Monarch Baptist Convention today has well over half a million people over 3,500 congregations. I was talking to Ross Hartsfield the other day and we were shoot. He said, Pastor, it's coming. It's coming to Great Hills. Don't give up. Keep preaching the word. It's coming. Philip, I still believe you're right. I believe it's coming. The fire of God. Revival. You say, well, how, how will I really know, Pastor Revival? Well, you'll know. You'll know. You'll see people saved. You'll see people baptized. You'll see people discipled. Not, you don't have to talk them into it. Hey, could, could you please allow me? Please let me ba uh, baptize you and, and disciple you. No, not, not no, they don't do that. They're like, please. Oh, Lord, I'm hungry. One guy he led to the Lord. One guy was a bandit, a robber, a murderer. And he became a flaming, whenever I say that word flaming, I always think of flaming homosexual, you know. 
He became a flaming evangelist. I think we'd have a lot less flaming homosexuals if we had a lot more flaming evangelists. Men of God, preaching the word of God, confronting people with their sin and asking them, would you come to Christ? Would you let Jesus Christ set you free right now? Right now, with boldness, man. And, and they did. This one guy, one guy, here's what happened within a hundred years these savage people had excellent high schools, village schools, 800 churches in his village, and 150,000 followers of Christ. Oh, I'd love for God to do that here. And I'm longing for it, I'm praying for it. And I guess I'm just asking just a few of you to join me. I'm, I think I've lost heart for the multitudes, but I, if a few, if a few would say we're in and we'll do whatever it takes, Pastor, we will, we will storm the gates of hell with you because we too know that our city is lost and going to hell. And we too know that it, it's going to take a robust, energetic church and we want to be that church. I don't know about you. But I want to be that church. So I pray. That's all I know to do. It's 12 o'clock if you're interested. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for the fire of God to fall upon us. Lord, we need to quit asking, where's the God of Paul? Lord, we need to ask, where are the Pauls of God? Not where are the Antiochs for the kingdom of God, but where are the great hills for the kingdom of God? And Lord, I, I just, I long, long, long to see those waters behind me stirred, but Lord, I, only, I think that only comes through prayer, God. I really, really do. And I, I think to the degree we pray and really witness and share the gospel will be the degree that we see great hills come alive. And Lord, nothing brings life like souls. And people that are hungry for the gospel and people are being saved and discipled. And Lord, I'm praying that. I'm, 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 <laughs> Lord, I give my life to that. Lord, would you help us pray, not just Tuesday night, but help us right here, right now, to pray for the fire of God to fall upon our city, upon our church, upon our nation. Lord, everybody knows that we're in a mess, and Christians are so politically divided, and so many conspiracy theories, and so much craziness going on, and this, this virus is going crazy as well. And, and Jesus, I just want us to be as passionate for you as people are for politics. I want us to be as passionate for you as we are trying to get a vaccine in the arm of an elderly person. Lord, may we just, just be all in and surrender. Lord, surrender our all to you.
With your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, I want to appeal to you. I'm going to hope I can just make a godly appeal to you. If you're here today and you're listening online, and I know there's, there's multiplied hundreds of you, and you're not just passing by. I mean, you literally, you're, you're, you're part of this church. Would you, right there where you are, would you just draw a circle around your life? And would you pray with me and say, God, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray until revival encompasses this circle. And that may be this week, that may be next month, but I don't know. But I do know this, that if we are persevering and we're faithful, God will not be indebted to you. God will reveal, God will move in power. I'm, I'm believing that with everything within me. I, I really, really believe that there's some elements, some bar Jesus people that need to be born again and saved. If that's you, then I'm praying over you right now that the spirit of Christ would come in and occupy where the spirit of Satan once lived and that you would be set free. You would be born again by the spirit of God. You would be baptized. You would be in discipleship and you would be walking with the Lord. You would have, as James would say, you would have the works that accompany your faith. Mm, spirit of the living God fall fresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me and on our church, God. Lord, we're hungry and we're thirsty and we're, we're praying for you. So before Terry sings or another instrument plays, could we capture this moment? If you can't make it on Tuesday night, would you make it now and pray? This is our invitation. Would you pray? Would you confess your sins to God? Ask God to forgive you of your compromise, your complacency, your absolute love for the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, would you ask Jesus to be better, to be better than that in you? If you need to leave, you go ahead and leave. This is our invitation. Would you pray with me right now? Would you pray and ask God to give us souls? That, that 10,500 Jollyville would, would look like what it looks online, that we would reach our city that is exploding with lostness. No, seriously, would you just pray? I mean, that's all I'm asking you to do. And I know many of you resist this and hate this, but many of you, you resonate with this. I'm going to ask you right now, pray. God, send us people. God, send us messed up, jacked up, lost people that we can share the gospel with and baptize them and disciple them. Would you pray right now, church? Would you pray for those within the sound of my voice who are just absolutely resistant to the Spirit of God to follow Him in baptism? There are some that have accepted Christ, but they just resist following through in believers' baptism. Would you pray for them? 
Now would you pray for yourself? Just say, God, here I am. Some of you are, are, man, your walk with God is in the clouds. I mean, it's awesome. You share your faith with everybody you meet. Man, you pray, you love God. There's a joy in your life. Next week, we're going to hear a testimony of somebody like that. We're going to have the Lord's Supper next week. There's going to be very little preaching about me. But I would just love, what, what if the power of God fell? And people come into the altar and people come into the baptistry. And would y'all just join me in that prayer and say, God, do it, Lord. Do it in my lifetime. And Father, we praise you, Lord. We thank you for our time together. We thank you for the word of God. Lord, we're praying that, that Lord, you would have your way, your will in us, in our church, in our lives, oh God. I pray, Lord, right now, I know, Lord, there are some people struggling right now. Lord, there are some people struggling in their marriages right now. Would you, would you just reach over and take the hand of your wife for just a minute, sir? You say, well, I can't do that. She might bite me, Pastor. She might pinch me because, I mean, I, I haven't been good. Just, just, just ask for forgiveness. Just hold her hand. Just tell her, say, honey, I love you. I appreciate you. Ashley, I'm going to ask you to come up here today. I love you. I love you so much. And I just pray to God that our marriage would just be exemplary to the people of God at Great Hills. 35 years. If your husband's close by, would you just reach out to him and just, just hold his hand? Just tell him you forgive him and tell him you love him. If your kids are close by, would you just hold on to them for just a minute online? If you're online, just reach over to them or maybe here at Great Hills, just, just maybe lay a hand on them and tell them you love them. Guys, why don't you take your wife by the hand? Why don't you say a prayer for her? Would you do that right now? Just, just all over the sanctuary. Why don't you just take a moment? Fred, Erickson, why don't you pray for Fran? Thomas, pray for your precious wife. Just, just say a prayer over her. I'm going to, Philip, pray over Stephanie. Stephen, pray over Kelly. Daniel, pray over your precious wife. Say, well, Pastor, I'm single. I ain't praying over nobody. Well, I'm going to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this amazing group of young singles. Lord, if I see you work anywhere, I'm seeing you work there, and I'm really, really grateful. Bless John White. Bless Caesar. Bless these precious men and women of God. I pray for their purity, God. I pray for their holiness. 
I pray the Spirit of God fall upon them. Give them joy, God. Give them a walk with you that is robust and vibrant. And may they be the envy of a lost world. I was hearing the other day a good word. It said a lost culture. It's not looking for another echo chamber of their culture. They're looking for something radically different. They're looking for a church. They're looking for a people of God sold out for the gospel. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all.